Welcome to the Odds Makers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports. The line starts here as we take you behind the counter for an all-access look at the biggest events in sports. Through the minds of career Las Vegas odds makers, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Want the very best in odds boosts, promotions, and contests? Download the Superbook Sports app. Follow us at Superbook Sports on social media and head to Superbook.com. Superbook.com today. Now let's jump behind the counter and talk with the odds makers before we get our wagers down. Here's your MC, Jonathan Von Tobel. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It is the Odds Makers presented by Superbook Sports. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Jake Cornegay alongside, kind of, uh, virtually, a 2020-esque type podcast here. We are in spots far away for Thanksgiving week, and John Murray is not here, uh, so we're doing this digitally. What's up? Uh, what's up, Jay? Happy Thanksgiving week. Yeah, same to you, JVT. Where in the heck is Murray? Uh, he is, uh, I think, uh, in, along the East Coast. He is not in a tropical climate like I was the other day in Hawaii and or where I am right now, uh, which would be San Juan Capistrano in California for a basketball tournament. So uh, Very he's missing nice. out. He's missing Very out. nice. Checking out the Rebels, I guess. Uh, yes, the local UNLV running Rebels who are off to an undefeated start and doing some work on the side. You know, as John says, I'm a worker. Uh, and I think that is something that uh, it's the reason why John likes me. So, uh, but we have a lot to get to here in the next 30 minutes or so. So let's start off uh, with how was the weekend from your perspective, NFL, college, anything notable in terms of results? We had a mixture of, of results. We had a really good Saturday. A couple of games got us on, on Friday night. Some house players beat us up and then uh, broke even on Sunday. So uh, probably overall, um, I'm not going to say disappointing, but below average uh, results for us. But uh, we're all good moving forward. Okay. As as we always say, I think the book will remain open despite a uh, lackluster weekend as it was. So with that, let's jump into it. We got NFL Week 12 uh, upon us here. Of course, it starts on Thanksgiving, and let's go there because the Buffalo Bills for the second consecutive week are going to be playing at Ford Field. The Lions, of course, playing host this time. It's not a neutral site game. Bills 9.5 with a total of 54 over at the Superbook. So what is this line? What has it done here in terms of some movement? And is anything in terms of action come in on Buffalo and or Detroit? Who are the Lions, Jay? Two straight weeks? We're talking about a combined 62 points for the Lions the last two weeks. Yeah, they're they're able to run the ball, and their offense seems to be clicking pretty good. The Bills have been struggling a little bit. I mean, we did open at uh, 10 here, and it's down to 9.5. So a little bit of, uh, I think, the whole market move there. But, you know, the Bills have a reputation of being bullies, JVT. I mean, they, they really beat up on some of these bad teams. And I'm not sure what the Lions are right now. You know, I think they've won three straight, doing pretty well. I, I, their offense has been pretty decent. But the Bills usually uh, take prey on these type of teams. But I'm not sure if I'm going to expect that on, uh, on Thursday. How popular will this be from a, a total handle perspective? Uh, just given that, one, it's a Thanksgiving game, it's the Lions, but it also it's the Bills. Uh, I would assume people want to get in right away, start betting these things, and, uh, of course, have a lot of action. And they're standalone games, right? Thanksgiving, I would assume, is one of the more popular days overall in terms of NFL wagering. Well, what we see is a, a huge rush, you know, as all the, the dads out there, grandpa going, saying, we got, we're out of milk, we're out of eggs, we got to go. And uh, they get out there and make their bets and uh, – it's one of the more popular uh, games of the season because it's on Thanksgiving. And uh, we're thankful here because it's not the Bears and the Lions. You know, it's the Bills and the Lions. 
and the lines have shown some life here, as as we've said. So it's going to be. Uh, I think it's a pretty intriguing game. I think it's going to be a, a heavily bet game. In fact, I'm already looking at the numbers, and when you look at a Bills game, normally you look at the ticket count, and it's about 75% Bills almost every single week. But this week, and I know it's in the early going, but there there's some support there for Detroit. And uh, I would expect that to continue, even though I think majority of the wagers will be on the Bills. I expect the Lions to get some bites as well. Also on Thanksgiving, because it is a triple header, uh, the Giants will take on the Cowboys. And it's funny, we talked about this last week, right? I brought up, hey, man, uh, that Cowboys line. Uh, Why aren't the Vikings favored, Jay? And uh, we kind of saw that play out as to uh, why the Vikings were not favored in that game against the Dallas Cowboys. And then you get the Giants, the darling Giants, who uh, took one on the chin. And now are you looking at it? A nine-point underdog to the Dallas Cowboys. And you talked about ratings last week, right, Jay? This is one of those where this is the ratings. Uh, This Giants team might be seven and three, but they're barely positive in their point differential, and they're not a highly rated team. Yeah, they might have shown their true colors. We know that their tires were really overinflated going into, you know, each week and it just finally showed up. And that was one of the reasons why I know that game kind of stood out for many fans out there, many betters. When you looked at the records, you looked at the Giants uh, with the gaudy record only laying three against the Lions at home and just got taken out to the woodshed. I think it's important to note there, the Giants really got beat up in that game, too. Not only did they lose the game, but they had a lot of injuries. And the Giants right now don't look like they can stop anybody from running the ball. And that's a problem if you're facing the Cowboys. I would expect this thing to probably go to 10. I'm looking at the ticket count right now, and it's probably about 79 80%. Let's say 80% of the tickets right now are on Dallas. I would expect that to continue, JVT. Would you consider Dallas a sharp team? Uh, is that well-respected by respected betters? I think that in our power rankings, they're right up there, and they're only going to climb in those rankings the next few weeks because they have a very easy schedule. It's a very favorable schedule. Their last three games will be tough. They have Washington and the Eagles and somebody else, but their next uh, three games I think will be a walkover. So I, I expect them to be at the end of you know, if you're looking for uh, Cowboy Futures, now's the time. All right, let's move on uh, to that Vikings team that we talked about, uh, who is going to be in action on Thanksgiving as well. They're the night game. They'll play host to the New England Patriots. This is a really interesting game. Patriots and Vikings, two and a half of the total of 42 we initially saw. Uh, and I think this is still sitting at that two and a half range over at the Superbook. And this gives us an idea, right? We talk about this all the time, Jay, and you can speak to this. Uh, the number gives you clues as to where the respected opinion is. Uh, if there was a respected opinion that one of this poor Minnesota wouldn't be sitting under a field goal, the at a field goal, but that's not the case. What do we make of Minnesota? I, I think there's like these interesting themes, right, with some of these teams, the Giants, the Vikings. Record standpoint, looks like one of the better teams in the NFL. But from a power rating standpoint, the market doesn't really seem to agree. Yeah, the power rankings don't really look at the records. They look at statistics, and and, uh, the Vikings haven't been very impressive. They're probably just a few plays away from being 500. And uh, the Patriots haven't been great, but their defense is, I know, I think they've held uh, their opponents to three points, like two out of the last three weeks, something like that. And uh, I know that their defense, those weren't offensive juggernauts they weren't by any means but the Patriots do have a solid defense I'm a little surprised actually to see this thing drop below three I thought it was going to be three maybe three and a half I think it will climb back up there because I know the public will show support for Minnesota 
but I am surprised that this thing has dropped down because I think the Patriots are okay, especially defensive wise, but I, I got to give the Vikings a little credit. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a gut check time after that beat down by Dallas, but uh, I think we're going to find out a lot about this Minnesota team because the Patriots are one of those teams that probably are under the radar a little bit. And the Vikings have been in this uh, limelight for most of the season. And, you know, they won seven straight, but not impressively, as we said. And that's what the power rankings state, that the Vikings are not as good as their record, but I'm still surprised it's under three. Well, it's kind of New England, right? Like the Patriots offensively have not been very good. Uh, They win on a what? Essentially walk off punt return for a touchdown against the New York Jets. Uh, they've been terrible on that end. That's why I, I'm really interested in this game because uh, the Patriots have been covering numbers, but it's been due to their defense, as you said. Their offense is among the worst in the NFL. I understand that. And, uh, again, they're not impressive. Their offense struggles. But uh, I'm a little surprised that this game isn't three. And maybe it's three at my kickoff. We opened three and a half and shot right back down. So, I think both uh, teams suffered some offensive uh, line injuries, too. So that makes it even a, a bigger struggle to score points in this game. The total opened 43 and a half. It's down to 42. All right, let's move on from there. Bengals on the road against the Titans. One of our Sunday games as we get to that. Uh, one and a half with a total of 42 and a half. What do you make of this? And where has there been any action? Because I think this is really interesting. We talk about teams that aren't reflective from a rating to a record standpoint. I still think the Titans aren't very good. Uh, and yet they continue to deliver with Mike Rabel. Statistically, across the board, Jay, they're a really below-average team, but they get it done almost every single week. Well, they cover every week, it feels like. You know, I, I think that they're the best covering team in the NFL, along with, you know, their opponent. I think the Bengals are the second-best team against the spread coming into Week 12. So you're talking about the two best teams that have been cashing a lot of tickets. But I kind of agree with you. With this Titans team, I mean, they at times they can run the ball. At times they can't. And if they can't, they have a very tough time passing the ball. Obviously, the Bengals are a little bit more well-rounded. They surprise me at times. Chase might be back for them. I think he's going to practice this week. But uh, two teams that I would say are a little bit, um, I'm going to say maybe a little overrated. They certainly have been cashing a lot of tickets. Yeah, Chase set to come back to practice, as you said, this week. That's official. Uh, now, whether that means he plays or not is something that has yet to be determined. And also, to your point, from a cover standpoint, the Tennessee Titans lead the league 80% against the spread so far, 8-2 and two overall ATS. So uh, the best cover team. And yet, I still think uh, a stink team. Uh, but we'll see if the market continues to get there because you're still sitting at a playable number at like one, one and a half uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals who might get Chase back. If Chase officially plays, what does this number get to? I'm not going to raise it too much. Certainly a, a great player, but uh, it's it's rare that a wide receiver would make an, a, an impact on the line. I'm just looking at it here right now. But I guess uh, you could probably do it a half point. And maybe, I know some would probably say a full point, but I think uh, Burrow finds these guys no matter what. Higgins had a pretty good game. Even Boyd was quiet last week, but they do have some capable receivers. I would just make a slight adjustment on the spread if Chase ends up on the playing field. And, you know, even if he comes back, we don't know if he's 100%. All right, we move on from here. Before uh, we get to our big tickets, we have one more game to get to. Sunday Night Football, Green Bay Packers on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. What's going on with Philly, huh? Failing to cover <laughs> numbers, losing games all of a sudden. I thought they were the perfect team. Jay. There's some cracks there, right? 
Uh, you know, uh, there's there's some cracks, and you know something about momentum and mojo, and and uh, certainly the Eagles were flat after getting beaten up by the you know the Commanders. I almost said it, um, but anyway, the the Commanders uh, look actually pretty good, and they certainly uh, are you know have a, a lot of uh, momentum. They're a tough out. I would not want to see Washington on my schedule, but the Eagles are going the opposite direction, JVT. I think. That they, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they struggled again, even though they've been a lot better at home. They're four and one against the spread at home. And the Packers, well, we we all know what the Packers are doing this year, even though they've been a little better. I certainly wouldn't want to lay seven with the Eagles the way that they've been playing the last couple of weeks. Well, they failed to cover their last three, uh, but still the market. I mean, this is uh, the full seven right now, total of 46 and a half. And it's not like Green Bay's playing any better. But what's interesting here, Jay, is the matchup. The Eagles, I mean, they're signing defensive tackles off the street for a reason. They're they're actually grading out as one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. And the one thing the Packers can kind of do is run the ball. Yeah, you know, and, and Sue it will make a difference there. And uh, I can't remember how many yards Washington posted against them, but it was a big number. It's not only their, you know, run defense, it's also their offense. You know, their offense struggled the last two games. And they're going to have to figure it out because they can't run, you know, the ball consistently. And, you know, they're going to have to have somebody outside of Brown catching some passes out there. And, you know, they lost their tight end the last in two weeks ago. And, you know, that's not going to help them. So it's not just their run defense. They have other issues on that team right now. Yeah. And uh, a team that is I always like to look at like market ratings. Right. Which is just how the market power rates some of these teams. It's a highly rated team, but a little too high because despite being what, what are they, nine and one right now? They're five and five against the spread. Uh, they have not been covering numbers of Philadelphia Eagles. So this is not a recent thing for them. It's time for the big ticket. Hey, Jay, any tickets to raise your eyebrows this week at the Superbook? We had a player came in last night and he laid uh, 200000 on the uh, 49ers money line. And he came in this morning and asked if he could just roll it over. And we were like, of course, what team? He's like, Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. So, yeah, he rolled it over, 244K on the Cowboys' money line, laid 410, another big number. But it's a player that we've known for quite a long time. So he's a pretty loyal player. And, you know, we let our loyal players, you know, we give him the benefit of the doubt on those limits. And uh, so he just wanted to, I guess, have some action on the holiday. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, uh, 244 essentially to win 59. Uh, that's some action. So uh, we sweat that out. Although I- I'm supposed to root for the better, Jay, because I am one. Uh, when I see bets like that, sometimes I'm kind of just like, mm, okay, all right. Uh, maybe I don't hope you lose it, but I hope it's a sweat at the very least. Well, uh, I'm gonna be, uh, I was looking at that game at the beginning of the week, and I saw when I saw the numbers and I looked at the box score uh, of the Giants-Lions uh, game, and it's like, wow, you know, the Giants really got beat up. And then I saw the injury report. I mean, they do have a lot of injuries. I mean, it does kind of make sense to, uh, you know, uh, lay the Cowboys in this particular game. You know, it's tough to lay 410 on an NFL game, but uh, I can understand the, you know, the thinking behind it. Let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey, guys, what's shaking in your super contest this week? Heineken 21. AVT 4-0-1 last week. Two guys went 4-0-1-1, but uh, Heineken uh, 21 has a half-point lead over uh, Jehaz 07, I guess it is. And, yeah, hitting at us anywhere around 70% is pretty impressive. I looked at the gold, and the gold actually, their leader, and this is a winner-take-all, $5,000 entry fee, 
winner's getting about 400,000 right up there. And he's leading with 20, or 38 points. He's 37, 16, and 2. And a lot of guys are right behind them. So that's telling me that, you know, the top half of, well, let's just say the top half of this leaderboard is right there. Very respectable, high 60 percentages, right around the 70% mark as well. Pretty impressive. So when it comes to the Super Contest Gold, really quickly, I've noticed that the winning percentage usually isn't as high as the Super Contest. Is that just generally because the Super Contest field is so big and it's going to be a little bit more likely that somebody just gets randomly, insanely hot? Yeah, that's it. But even though I, you know, the way I look at it is, yeah, you have more contestants, right? A lot more contestants in the, the regular Super Contest versus the Gold. But the Gold is also known to have the top handicappers in it. That's mainly because it's a $5,000 entry fee. It's a winner take all. Got to have some kahunas to do that. And the, you know, the guys that really do this for a living are usually in that gold contest. All right, let's move on from there. Uh, we go to college football. Got a pretty big week, rivalry week. And we start in the Big Ten. Uh, I will ask you this. but So Michigan on the road against Ohio State, Superbook line seven and a half with a total of 56 and a half. Where does the action come in here on this game? Because, again, looking at some of these numbers, I mean, you're over that key of seven and sitting at seven and a half. I would assume uh, that there's not a rush of sharp support on Michigan, or am I wrong? Not yet. I mean, obviously, this is something that we've been looking forward to for the entire season, really. And this is the game. This is the game that we all anticipated, and here we are. Both have probably had some look-ahead games last week. I think that they both have... I think great defenses. Uh, Michigan is uh, their defense seems to be a little better statistically, but Ohio State's offense is probably a little better than Michigan. So it's a really even game. I'm surprised it's this high, even though I know the Buckeyes' power rankings been up there. But I'm not sure if all the stats that I look at hold true to that. I haven't really seen much uh, uh, sharp action at all on this thing, but I'm looking at it and looking at ticket count right now. It's Great two-way action. I, I'm a little disappointed that it's 9 a.m. our time. You know, it's not even noon. I mean, you know, what is this, the World Cup? You know, it's like 9 a.m. It's way too early. Uh, I was hoping it would be at least a 12, 12.30 start Pacific time, give everybody a little bit more time to, you know, clear their heads on Saturday morning. But we have a marquee matchup. They're both undefeated. If it's a close game, I wouldn't rule out the loser out of the playoffs. I wouldn't do that. I mean, they still might have a chance there. But obviously the winner uh, will have to play in the Big Ten Championship, most likely against Iowa. And outside of a letdown, they should take care of business there. Yeah, my conspiracy is that if it's going to go that way, I, I don't know why we don't talk enough about two Big Ten teams, Jay. I would think that it has to be Michigan who wins in a close game because Michigan's strength of schedule is not great. So if they lose, it might knock them out of contention. But, I mean, Ohio State, a team that's been ranked pretty much, what, two or three the entire season? loses a one-score game to a Michigan squad would be, of course, a top-two team at that point. Why not both Michigan and Ohio State in if that happens? Well, I guess you're going to have to see what the rest of the contenders do. I and mean, there could be some impressive uh, wins in some of these bigger games down the stretch that would propel them into you know the top four. So it's not just a matter of what these two teams, but it also depends on how these other contenders look. 
Yeah, uh, well, TCU continues to get that horseshoe out of their rear end and uh, use it very well because uh, that was incredible what they pulled off at the end of that Baylor game. Uh, but we're not going to talk about them this week. Let's go to the Pac-12. Oregon on the road against Oregon State. This one loses a little bit of luster. Uh, Oregon, of course, is still alive in the chase for the Pac-12 title, but in terms of college football playoff, not so much. Uh, this one's three with a total of 58. And here's the thing. You talk about good cover teams. That has been Oregon State this year, Jay. They've been quietly a solid team at the, at the window for betters. That they have. Some of the top handicappers that I've been talking to over the last uh, few weeks, they at times have been mentioning Oregon State. And uh, Oregon State for them have been, uh, you know, again, cashing tickets. So I'm trying to find this game, but it looks like right now there's still a lot of support for it. Oregon. I, I think it's hard or very difficult for the public right now to bet on Oregon State. I don't think they realize how good this team is. They certainly don't get the respect from the betting public, and that's why we're seeing majority of the tickets right now. Majority is about uh, 67, 68% of the tickets right now are on the Ducks, and I think that's going to continue because it's just difficult for these guys out here to bet you know, on the Beavers, I, they just don't see them as a, um, I don't know, one of those top contending teams. For those who don't know, Oregon State has covered five straight. They're nine and two ATS on the season. So a uh, very good number, very good teams in terms of what they've done at the window. Last but not least, Notre Dame on the road against USC. Superbook line five and a half, total of 64. And I got to say that USC defense, 100, I think 30th in the country, EPA per play defensively. Tell me why this Notre Dame team can't run through them. Uh, You know, I've been trying to figure out this Notre Dame team all season long. You know, at times I'm ready to jump on on that wagon a bit, and then they have a really poor performance, even though they might have won the game. They've let some betters down by not covering consistently. I don't know. Some of those uh, numbers that are up against USC, I I think they're skewed a bit. I I mean, it's just the wide-open brand that they play. It reminds me of those Big 12 games, you know, just crazy. What was it, 90 points again? Weren't we talking about that total last week, but being 77 and a half or whatever it was? Yeah. Still flew over. I certainly uh, wouldn't Some spots, remember, uh, it opened at 82 and a half, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's another one of those where I think that uh, USC is just, they're going to be at home. It's going to be a majority of Trojan support. And it is right now as 80% of the tickets right now on USC. Um, There's no doubt in my mind that we're going to need the Irish in this game. And kind of a dead number too, right? I would assume that attracts a lot of public betters. You can go in there, oh, five and a half? That that doesn't mean anything. I'll go ahead and lay that. That's exactly what they say at the betting window, JVT. You see, you're a better. You know that. Uh, No, what they say at the window is, uh, can 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 I get the Irish... Yeah, can I get the Irish? I'm like, well, what do you want? You want money? Want what do you want? Yeah, that's what they say at the window. I love it. I love. Uh, you got to get the app, folks. Can I just say really quickly? It's a natural jumping off point. If you're in a jurisdiction, of course, where Superbook is offered, download the Superbook app and sign up and immediately deposit in certain states. It is a fantastic tool to have. Screw the window. Just go sign up on the app, and you can bet away on your phone. Get all those bonuses that are offered. Absolutely tremendous. You can download it. Uh, in all the jurisdictions which offer the Super Bowl. All right, let's move on from football to football. World Cup. Uh, first off, what has the uh, handle been like early? We're only a couple of days in. Has it been popular so far? It has. It's a love-hate relationship with soccer out here. You know, Americans either you love it or hate it. Those that love it are betting it. And 
the popularity of it is just going to, you know, gain momentum as we move on to the knockout round and, you know, the quarterfinals and championship game as usually, you know, the cream of the crop rises to the top there. And, you know, some of these popular teams, I hate to say it, I was going to say Argentina, but we all know that they lost, (laughs) but they still can make it. They can still advance. But, you know, Brazil, Germany or France, of course, U.S. and Mexico, those are the popular teams. I'm going to tell you if if U.S. advances, they got their work cut out. I get it. Same with Mexico. But those two teams really garner a lot of uh, support out here. And um, But so far, it's off to a pretty solid start, even though my friends just take pops at it all the time. You know, it's like, Jay, another nil, nil, you know, nail biter, you know. <laughs> that was a, they don't understand. That was Mexico-Poland today. It was a good game. It was a really yeah, good game. Two games that were nil, nil today. Yeah. So really quick, a couple of notes on this. First off, you mentioned Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia. Murray mentioned the last time we got to talk on this podcast that you guys had some liability. So was that a kind of a, a, a good thing for you? Obviously, they're not knocked out yet, but uh, the chances of them moving on to the group stage, I mean, it is hurt a little bit for them. Yeah, Argentina is one of those teams that uh, we have uh, some uh, liability attached to them. It's not too bad, but Brazil... Uh, we had a deep hole on Brazil, but we kind of worked our way out of that in the last uh, few weeks. And uh, Argentina was right behind them. And then you got the usual suspects like U.S. And, and Mexico. But out of the true contenders, our two biggest liabilities were uh, Brazil and Argentina. So, I, you know, it didn't really bother me. I'm, I'm not really rooting against Argentina at this point. We, I know we got a long way to go, uh, but I wasn't. You know, it wasn't breaking my heart to see him lose. I thought it was pretty exciting. I, I'm a little disappointed that a lot of us didn't get to see it. It was so early in the morning that, uh, you know, we woke up to it. But it would have been exciting to, to see that in prime time and just seeing what the book was like. Because we are getting fans that are coming in and we expect a full house this Friday when U.S. plays England. And uh, last note on the World Cup, the third revolutionary war, as I have called it, USA-England, uh, coming up a little bit later this week. That's going to be Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. How popular is that just single game going to be? Uh, I expect it to be very popular. Um, it's happening on a somewhat of a holiday. Regular people take Friday off. It's at 11 a.m., and that's about the best we can do you know, for this World Cup as far as uh, starting time. But we expect a full house and uh, – we will be serving beer, by the way, so, you know, there's no restrictions on that out here. But uh, I'm actually very excited for it. I'm trying to find a place. You got a place for me? Uh, I got nothing. I haven't. I don't really know yet, but uh, I haven't come back in town yet. When I come back in town, I'll find a spot. We'll go hang out. Oh, good. All right. Well, that does it for the odds makers. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody else. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Jay, it was good to talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. And again, if you like what you hear, like, rate, review, subscribe to the Oddsmakers Podcast to make sure you come see us at the Superbook of the Westgate, Las Vegas, or at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk, Colorado. You've been locked into the Oddsmakers Podcast. The Oddsmakers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports, featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Jonathan Von Tobel. Hit our subscribe button, rate, review, and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the biggest events in sports. The Oddsmakers Podcast is a production of Green Roll Media. Green Roll Media, the world's premier sports betting podcast network.